What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Tomatolito Show. Let's talk Loma Nakatani, the second uh, big card that took place uh, on the same Saturday as Gervonta Davis and Mario Barrios. Um, this one was by way of ESPN Plus, top-ranked promoted card, and this was in Las Vegas, Nevada at the Virgin Hotels. Lomachenko, the... Man, I, there's so many, so many things that come to mind when, when I saw this fight and after the fight, you hear the commentary saying vintage Loma is back. The Matrix is back. There was a glitch in the Matrix versus Lopez, but now the Matrix has returned and blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's look, it was an impressive performance. If you saw the fight, it was impressive. It was a good performance. Great at that. Uh, I don't want to undersell it. Yeah. If you didn't watch the fight, I've watched the fight twice. The first time that I watched the fight, as usual, as it usually happens to me when I watch a Lomachenko fight, I'm in a bit of awe because of I get lost in, in what he's doing. When I'm watching him perform, I, I, I get lost. I get I start analyzing everything that he's doing. And so it's just it's a lot of fun to watch his fights. It's educational. I learn a lot watching his fights. And I have to watch him usually a second or even a third time at that. Now, I went back to see this fight just because I couldn't believe how easy he made it look against Nakatani versus the Nakatani that we just saw get into maybe the second best fight of 2020, the third best fight of the year, what could have been the fight of the year, Nakatani against uh, Felix Verdejo. That was a hell of a fight. And Felix Verdejo is a hell of a fighter, a fighter that actually saw Lomachenko in the Olympics. A fight, a fighter who was taking the fight and running away with the fight against Nakatani. And then we saw a different version of Nakatani began to take control of that fight and eventually ends up putting Verdejo out, a Nakatani that was hurt himself in that fight. The Nakatani that gave, gave Lopez everything he could handle and took him all the way to a decision. That's the fight that people would question as the toughest fight of Lopez's career, uh, to date, because Lopez didn't look that good on that fight. Nakatani didn't make him look good at all. It was a different Lopez than the one that we saw against Lomachenko and then the one that we saw against Richard Comey. So, where was that Nakatani? He was there. And Lomachenko, like he's done to many fighters before, made, him, made his opponent look elementary. Made him look like he didn't belong in there. And that's what, what I perceive when I hear the commentary and those comments or uh, those mentions of vintage Lomachenko. With the exception of the Salido fight early in his career, with the exception of the Lopez fight where he lost his titles. This was a Lomachenko of old. And 
when I saw the second fight, it almost looked like not the Lomachenko of old. It looked like a Lomachenko on a mission. An even more dangerous version of Loma. His hand speed, his footwork, his adaptability, his angles, it was all there. And what I picked up on the second time that I saw the fight, you guys may have picked up on it from watching it initially, but if you didn't, listen to what I'm about to tell you, go back and watch it. And then you'll see how, you'll see if you agree with what I caught on to. The first round kicks off, very contentious, like most fights, a lot of nerves, the height, just from the weigh-in, from the face-offs, the height difference was evident, similar to what we saw with Barrios and Gervonta, which was the other big card that took place the same night. Nakatani was even taller. It was a bit, it seemed like a bigger difference between Nakatani and Loma. Bigger reach. The bell sounds. Nakatani comes out with a wide stance, an imposing stance, leading with his left foot and his left hand, veered off. Lomachenko starts trying to figure out his angles. And because of that, a lot of interruptive action took place in that first round. They had good success. Both fighters, each fighter had good success in that first round. Very minimal because they're feeling each other out. And as the fight progresses, well, early in the fight, one of the big things that occurred is the head clash. In which we see Nakatani show the expression that he got hurt, but Lomachenko took the worst of it, and he starts bleeding. Fairly bad. It's a, it's a decent cut. Credit to the corner that they were able to stop it, and it didn't become an issue for him again. Several more head clashes happened throughout the fight, and Lomachenko started having a mouse around, I want to say it was his right eye. I may be wrong, but he's only got two, so I'll be 50% wrong if, if I didn't remember correctly. This is what I cut on to. Lomachenko used Nakatani's lead foot as his measure. So he lines himself up from the second round on he began to rather than approach Nakatani from the center or from the left, he approached them from the right. But he would not abandon Nakatani's lead left foot. So if Nakatani was going to swing with his right hand, which was dangerous enough, right? If you think about what I'm telling you, and if you you could think about it right now, when you go back and watch it, you'll see he actually, it's risky what Lomachenko did because by lining himself in front of the left foot, 
he's susceptible to catching the right hand. He's in the line of fire of Nakatani's right hand, which he seems to hold in reserve and lunge like a missile from time to time. Just power shot. Lomachenko lines himself up, almost like he's baiting Nakatani to throw that hand. But he lines himself up with Nakatani's lead left foot. And every time the Nakatani, or the majority of the time, the Nakatani would throw that right hand, Lomachenko would move to the right, which forced Nakatani to be off balance and recenter himself to the left to continue facing his opponent. So Lomachenko would bob and weave left to right and line himself up again. And he stayed squared on to that lead left foot. And the rounds continued to go on and Lomachenko continued to go. The other thing that he did very well was that by staying there, he would fake his way by lunging and picking a side, whether he was going right or left. If he was going right of Nakatani's lead left hand, And this is how he exploited the height and the reach. Lomachenko did. If he veered to the right, his left hand would be running right down the barrel, right down the center, and catching Nakatani. If he would go under the arm, he would still catch him with the left, or he would catch him with an overhand right and immediately retrieve and square himself away, again, in front of that lead left foot. And he would not abandon that position. When I saw it the second time, it was almost, I was almost in awe that the corner didn't catch it, because they have an outside perspective. That Nakatani wasn't able to read it. And that was the difference between the other fights where they were approaching him from the center and they were approaching him, pressing the action from the center, coming at Nakatani. And whenever they went to the left, Nakatani had his right hand followed by his left or combinations or a succession of punches to hurt his opponents. This is how Lomachenko eliminated that. He created a puzzle that Nakatani and his corner couldn't figure out. By the fifth round, he begins to shut Nakatani's eye, having success with Nakatani, and drops him. In quick succession. And this is what I mean, that if they say vintage Loma was back, this was a version of Lomachenko that... I would agree that Vintage Loma was back. It was impressive to see the performance and the way he, uh, the way that he solved the Nakatani puzzle, the height, the reach, the way that he exploited that, used it to his advantage. That was a Vintage Loma. But the other approach that I saw was the revenge. The way that he was approaching this fight was with urgency, with purpose. And it was scary to see because he was 
everything, the way that he was moving, he was so fast moving left to right. He was so fast going in, attacking and retrieving. He was so quick on his feet. He was so quick on his movement. He was baiting Nakatani with his shoulders, with his upper torso, baiting Nakatani to throw certain punches and he would be out of the way. He was nowhere to be found when Nakatani would throw. And then he would be catching Nakatani from a side angle. It was so impressive to see what Lomachenko did to Nakatani, how he solved that riddle, that puzzle that was the height and the reach and the towering man that would be in front of him with power. He exploited those weaknesses, which were initially advantages for the Nakatani side. He, made, he turned them into weaknesses. Whenever they were close... Fighting inside the pocket against the ropes, Nakatani's arms seemed like they were too long, so he couldn't connect inside. He was trying to land something. Lomachenko would throw his weight, retrieve, throw an uppercut, lean his weight against him again, and Nakatani's arms were never able to extend enough to land something of purpose. That was the beauty. By the fifth round, he knocks him, knocks him down. By the 6th and the 7th, to end each of those rounds, it looked like Lomachenko was going to close the fight, put, put an end to Nakatani as each of those rounds were ending, but it didn't happen. By the 8th, he began to take over. Nakatani also had some hits on Lomachenko, he landed some good punches on Lomachenko, but by then he's just wearing out. He's gassed. He's a diminished version of himself. He couldn't. He was always a couple steps behind Lomachenko. Normally, fighters are one step behind. Nakatani found himself two, three steps behind, staggering, stumbling at that. And by the ninth, he gets put out. Lomachenko puts him out. Referee waves it off, and he looked impressive as ever. This is Lomachenko 2.0. He's coming. He's the hunter. It's almost like we were used to seeing Lomachenko in a comfortable position. His approach, when fights would start, you would see him very comfortable and fighters trying to bring the fight to him. This is why... I'm disagreeing with the vintage Lomachenko. Vintage and the fact that he put on a performance like the one that he did. But vintage Loma to me was one that was a riddle or a puzzle that other fighters couldn't solve. They would bring the fight to him and he was always a step or two ahead of them. This time he took the fight to his opponent this version of Lomachenko hunted his opponent down, including in the fifth, fifth round knockdown, Nakatani thought he got pushed down. And on the replay, it clearly shows that Lomachenko was just lunging forward. It was his momentum that just overwhelmed. It was a smothering type showing. It was a smothering feeling that you were getting from Nakatani. Like he was just smothered. He was overwhelmed. He was just outclassed. He looked like he didn't belong in there. 
And we know he does because Nakatani potentially could have had the fight of the year in 2020 against Felix Verdejo, who has a high pedigree of boxing himself. That is if we ever see Verdejo back in the ring, which I doubt. But up to that fight, and I say that because of the legal troubles that he finds himself in out in Puerto Rico. So we may never see Felix Verdejo again. But up to the fight against Nakatani, as he was on the comeback trail, Felix Verdejo's pedigree, style of boxing, level of boxing, level of IQ, ring IQ, was was up there with some of the best. He was just in a slump. And Nakatani withstood the storm of Verdejo and still managed to inflict enough damage to stop someone like Verdejo in the fashion in which he did it. The fight that he took to Lopez, Lomachenko sent the message with his victory and what he did to Nakatani, making him look like he didn't belong in there. And he's done it to every fighter in his resume to date, with the exception of the early defeat that he suffered to Orlando Salido early in his career and the performance that he had, subpar performance that he had against Delfimo Lopez. Now, I'm not discrediting Delfimo Lopez because I'm a huge Lopez fan. I even have episodes dedicated to him. Some of the early episodes that I posted were giving credit to Lopez. So the credit to Lopez is people could be quick to say that Lomachenko was off his game, but maybe Lopez was that good of a fighter that he he made Lomachenko doubt himself that night. And that's why the vintage Loma comments are, it's cool to hear, it's cool to listen to, but there's not much truth to it because that version that faced Lopez was vintage Loma. He was used to fighters taking the fight to him and he would always put himself in a position just like playing chess he would put himself in a position where he was always a step or two ahead of them. Lopez didn't approach the fight that way. He approached the fight with a lot of intensity and with a lot of wariness, which made the fight, in turn, it made the fight into a very tense chess match strategic type of fight and you could just feel the nerves that were going through both of these fighters in that ring of who was about to throw the next punch and if that guy was going to get countered or if he was going to be successful in landing his punch that's the type of fight that they had it was a true chess match so if Lopez pro Posed that type of fight to Lomachenko. That was vintage Lomachenko. This version of Lomachenko that we saw was coming forward and hunting his opponent down. 
This is a scarier version of Lomachenko. Who do we see him against next? I'd like for him to go right after Haney. Haney called out Loma, called out Linares, ended up getting one of those two that he called out. And it was a good fight against between Haney and Linares. How would Loma handle Haney? Now that we saw what Linares did against Haney. How about we see Gervonta come down from 140 and face Loma? Or he could just sit out. Let's hope that Lopez, Lopez should be able to beat Cambosos. But I'm not overlooking Cambosos. He's a very game fighter. And if Lopez is successful against Cambosos, which he is a favorite to be, but not by a wide margin like people are making it out to be. Nonetheless, Lopez is a favorite to win. And should he win and be successful and, succe- and successfully uh, defend his titles, then the rematch is what makes sense. And we may very well get it by the end of the year and have a banger of a fight to close out 2021. Lomachenko was impressive. The angles, the ring generalship, the IQ, the puzzles that he possesses, that he provides his opponents with, the strategy executed to perfection, his hand speed, his connectivity rate, his footwork. It was just... Go back and watch it and see if you guys notice what what I'm mentioning here about how he exploited Nakatani's lead left foot and used it as his guide. And he had success with it. That was his key to victory by remaining squared away with Nakatani's lead left foot. And he didn't abandon it. He stuck to plan and... It worked perfectly. He executed perfectly. Lomachenko is back and he looks great. I can't wait to see him in the ring again. As for Nakatani, Nakatani is going to be a threat to anybody. I hope this doesn't crush his ego too much because he did, he did look very one dimensional. Not multi-dimensional like he had looked in the past against the last two opponents. He looked very one-dimensional and like he didn't belong there. And with the Lomachenko on top of his game, not many fighters do. I can't wait to see Lomachenko back in the ring. Leave me a comment. Shoot me a message on Instagram or Twitter. Whatever you want. Let me know if you guys noticed what I noticed the second time around that I saw this fight. Congratulations, Loma. Congratulations to all of us as fans. This was a great fight. I leave you all with that. Take care of yourselves. Have a good night.